I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London, although a little bit windy. Jules, uh, this is our second to last show oh. before our summer hiatus. Yes. We gotta make this one count. And you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get into all the movements that Chelsea have been making. Very interesting. Um, it's interesting. And Very we're interesting. We're gonna show a little bit of love. There's a lot of other stuff going on. We'll, we'll be talking some uh, some Mason Mount. Yeah. We'll be talking Yosko Guardiol. Yes. I think this is a I'm tremendous signing. Soboslai as well for Liverpool fans. Soboslai. Lionel Messi, of course, because yeah. you have to map Messi in every single of show. Course. And says Fabregas retiring. Are you sad? I'm not sad. Why? You know what? Rather than being sad because he's leaving, I will be happy because he was here. No, that's what you're supposed to say. But look, uh, let's get started and talk about Chelsea. We knew that heading into the season, there was a mountain to climb in terms of financial sustainability yeah. uh, they, 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 and, financial, and uh, financial fair play. They'd spent in excess of 600 million euros. They had an enormous wage bill. And if you looked at what Chelsea did the previous two transfer windows, I think you would have had zero faith that they were going to get this right. But That's a good point. I'm going to make this analogy. Go on. Rather than Todd Bowley and Thomas Tuchel, as it was, or Graham Potter going and making movements on their own, he actually got specialists to do it. The guy he actually hey, hired. Who would have thought? You know what? I, I think the lesson here is, and it applies to Todd, it applies to me. Uh, if you have a leak in your plumbing at home, don't try to fix it yourself. <laughs> hire a plumber. Uh, and I think Stuart Winstanley Stanley have done a financial, uh, a phenomenal uh, uh, sorry? Paul Winstanley, even. I said Winstanley. I said Stuart and Winstanley. Oh, okay. Sorry. Two different I people. thought you called him Stuart Winstanley. No, 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 not quite. Um, but I, I think they've done a great job with their sales so yeah. far, and we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, but let's talk about the sale that hasn't happened yet, which is Christian Pulisic, because yeah. this story is really stretching out. Um, Jeff Carlisle uh, reporting and others in Italy reporting that he has a deal, long term deal, in place with Milan. He's going to take a substantial pay cut. He feels that it's the right move, though, in terms of the exposure or whatever for his career. Yeah. I think the numbers are sort of in the 15 million to 18 million range with add ons, perhaps. Uh, Chelsea want 25 million and they're holding strong. The Athletic reporting that Leon have come up with a 25 million uh, offer. Not Although, really. As we've established, yeah, there's some dispute really. about that, right? <laughs> it's just not a 25 million offer. It's a much lower offer with some uh, adds-on and bonuses and and uh, percentage on the resale of the player, which is which is not, I think, a way of doing that, this kind of business for this kind of player either. So I don't think the Lyon offer is a very serious offer, and I don't even think that Pulisic would entertain the idea of going to Lyon, not playing in Europe, playing in Ligue 1, in a, in a, in a team that has been average really last season and even the season before. No, so, my, my understanding is that that's not going to happen. I think Leon also have issues with uh, your friends at the, was it the DNCG? Yeah, the, massively uh, the French. The fair, regulatory, right? well, what's going on there? They're struggling to put a budget, like a credible budget together for next season in terms of the wedge bill that they have, the money coming in, in terms of sponsorship and everything. Even the own takeover of John Textor and Eagle is not even fully completed right now. So it's just, it's a team that is, a club that is in a mess. Why would Polisi go in such a mess? It makes no sense. So I think this will get done eventually, but I think it might take longer than we than we expend it. Uh, than we to Milan, yeah, to uh, Milan. 
To Milan, yeah. I mean, unless Milan pull out, and I think at some point Chelsea have to be aware of that of that possibility that mm-hmm. uh, you know at some point Milan says we need to get on with the season. We can't wait. We can't wait forever. True. And then Pulisic also has the opportunity to sit on his backside, make his ten, thirteen million, or however much he makes, and then walk as a free agent in a year's time. Exactly. Right? So I I think it's an interesting one. I think it says a lot that he's willing to take a pay cut. Yeah. Um, although you know he only has so many options. Chelsea, meanwhile, though, going forward, I think Chelsea can keep a harder line with Pulisic because they have sold very, very, very well, well, right? Very so well. Havertz, 65 million. Yep. Mount, round about 55 million. Yep. Um, the guys going off to, to, to Saudi, uh, Edward Mendy. Um, and Golo uh, Conte. Golo Conte. Conte was a transfer. Free, yeah, but you said Reduces the wage million. bill. Yeah, exactly. Koulibaly. Uh, they've got more to come. They've got yeah, more Kovacic as well. Kovacic is another big one. Um, let me just explain this. This isn't, and they've moved very, very quickly on these sales as well. Uh, I think we have to, we've criticized a lot, but we have to praise yeah. Stewart and Winstanley here, right? Completely, yeah. I mean, they had to sell. We knew that before the end of June uh, to close the accounts. They, they needed that money in. However, they could easily have said, okay, we need money now. We don't have much time. Let's do some quick deals. So we go on a cheap for Kovacic, we go on a cheap for Harvard, or you know, cheaper than what they wanted. That's too firm. Being a PhD fan, I know, Gabby, how hard it is to sell. And, and buying, not everybody can buy, but a lot of people can buy players, especially if you've got a lot of money available to you. Selling, however, finding the right club to sell at the right price with the right bonuses, adds on, when, is difficult. Especially when people know you have to sell. Exactly. Uh, I so think well they still have a, them. a gaping hole in the middle of the park. Maybe Moises Caicedo is the person to, to, get, to, 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 to plug it. All right, Jules, let's get into this a little bit more. Um, there's still more players that Chelsea want to move out. Yeah. Um, obviously, everybody knows about the 40 guys under contract. There's also also guys who are out on loan. Yes. Uh, I generally, you know, and they have decisions to make. I mean, Ethan Ampadu, for example, who is Ethan Ampadu, maybe not a Chelsea-level player, but he, he showed that he can be a starter in City Eyes. Yeah. a year left on his contract. Do you sell him now? Do you extend his deal? Maybe get some more money later. He's still only 22, 23 yeah, he's years young. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really has a million caps for for, for <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, he's on track to get, to get like 200 caps. Oh, uh, yeah, he's incredible. Um, but uh, so they've got decisions to make on that front. Of the guys, I, I've identified five people who say this in the nicest possible way, Chelsea could easily do without at yeah. this stage. Yeah. Um, Aspilicueta, we think that's very close with Atletico Madrid. Yeah, and they're simply going to write off the last year of his contract. So that's right. you make some savings there. Yeah. Hakim Ziyech was going to go to Saudi. Yeah, Al Nasser. By the way, that was, that was an 8 million euro deal, which mm. this idea that the Saudis are all foolish and burning money, I mean, maybe that's not quite so true, is it? No, like, it's if not. If they valued Ziyech at 8 million. Yeah, but even the Koulibaly deal was a, was a decent deal to make. From their point of view. Yeah, and Mendy too, in the end, yeah, less Mendy than what well. they paid, Chelsea paid yeah. for him. So I, I wonder if Saudi's rationalizing yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they have to, though. Um, but obviously, all this works well for Chelsea because the important thing is you get cash in, which moves the books, yeah. and you reduce your wage bill. Yeah. Um, I think Ziyech, unless it's some sort of serious congenital thing where the guy can't just pass a, a medical anywhere. Eventually, they'll find a home for him somewhere, maybe on loan or, or, or whatever, should. right? I mean, it's still a weird last six. If you think about World Cup with Morocco, great, everything you want. Then that move to PSG that fell through the last minute or almost last second. And whether it was really Chelsea's fault or not, nobody was there to fill the paperwork or send it back to PSG. I don't know, but that 
that was bad for him. Then a bad second half of the season, and now even even a deal to Saudi Arabia is not going through. It's just like you know. Yeah, Aubameyang. I would assume he's going to go. Sure, I mean sure. But again, it's a kind of thing where I could see this wait, you know, lasting until the last minute because he's probably on vacation. He's got. I, I don't think he's very bothered. Nobody's no. beating a path to his door. No, he has his contract. There's no way Poch would want him as a as a backup number nine, for example, right? No, I mean we'll we'll get to the number nine situation, but you've got Nico Jackson, who you know very raw or whatever. I think they're still hoping to bring somebody in. Yeah, you have Man Armando of coming course. off the injury. Yeah, and you have Lukaku, who we'll get to in a minute, who probably doesn't want to be there. So I I'm, I think Alba gets done probably on a free. Maybe you even have to pay him some money. To go like away. A, yeah, like doing uh, doing an Aspiriqueta. Or maybe he signs for United on loan and like a big horse type <laughs> stuff. Just kidding. Just kidding, United fans. Marco Corella is a guy who, personally, I would have no issue letting go because I yeah. think you've got enough cover uh, at center back because obviously Thiago's back, but more importantly, you've got Baja Shield, you've got, you've got Chalaba, you've got Fofana. You've got Colwell, who we're going to get to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I don't think Ocarella is movable because I don't see anybody's going to give you any kind of significant no. money for him. Uh, he's on a big contract. Or just a loan. And a loan and you hope that the club that takes him takes 50% of the, the wages. And in a way, you save a bit of money on your wage bill for the season. To and, and I think that's going to tie in with what they decide to do with uh, with, with, with Colwell yeah. as well. Just in, just in terms of a numbers game. Yeah. Because as we're talking about Affair, the backup to Chilwell at left back is Lewis Hall. So, yeah. you know, they you, you, you kind of have that covered. Lukaku. Wow. So, um, Inter have cobbled some money together yeah. through the sale of Marcelo Brozovic. Yeah. Um, there's reports in Italy that they're going to try to offer $30 million. Um, Lukaku's going to take a big pay cut yeah. in exchange for more years. Yeah. At some point, you need to cut your losses on yeah. this, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the only thing maybe that could be possible was for a loan with, an op with almost with an option to buy or an obligation to buy from Inter that is a bit higher than, than 30, so let's say 50 for the sake of it. And Inter say, okay, we have him on loan, Chelsea still pay some of the wages, we pay some of the wages, and then in a year time, then we make the deal permanent, he takes a pay cut, something like that if 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 that that might work better for chelsea maybe if you chelsea though if you want the money now and you take the 30 you can maybe go up to 35 plus some bonuses that takes you to 40 and you take it you need lukaku off your books as for me as quick as possible yeah i i don't know that inter can can push it that high or you know because if the option for, for from inter is okay we'll just you know take another year of him you pay half his wages we pay you a couple million for another year yeah and then if you're into you're also insulated against the possibility of Lukaku being terrible or Lukaku getting injured or whatever it's it's a tough one I, I think this gets done because I don't if you're Pochettino coming in and by the way his first day was the other day July 1st of course yeah you're not going to want negative vibes you're not going to want people who don't want to be there you don't want somebody who definitely you know, is still likely to get booed by a portion at least initially yeah yeah you know, you want to kind of have that that blank slate. I, I think Chelsea fans are are okay with saying we're going to hit the reset. We're going to go with with younger players. Um, so you don't want this kind of legacy from the past, even if 
Lukaku, I think, can certainly contribute. Yeah, yeah, me too. Which, which brings us to the incomings. Um, and let's start with midfield. Because in midfield, I had to do, they, you don't know how on the show they ask us, like, oh, do, the, uh, um, do their likely 11, yeah. the players they have now, right? So I literally had to play, I, I put them in, a, I think it was a 3 4 one, two, for the simple reason that they have a lot of center backs. And <laughs> this, is, this is the way to have the fewest amount of central midfielders. Because Chelsea's central midfielders right now yeah. are Enzo Fernandez, yeah. um, uh, Connor Gallagher, yeah. Carney, Chukwemeka, yeah. and Cesar Casade. Yeah. Now, Chukwemeka and Casade are, I think they're 19 and 20, yeah. respectively. Um, I hate to put Conor Gallagher as the holding midfielder next to Enzo, because literally there is nobody no, else. Exactly. Um, so, with that in mind, Andre Santos, his work permit situation seems to be resolved. It is resolved, but he's again 18 or 19 years old. Not sure he's ready for first-team football straight away, for example, in a role like this. So... If we don't know how he's going to play, but if we assume he's going to play, say, 4 2 3 1, yeah. which uh, is the most likely, which is the most likely right now because you have Nkunku in that role. Yeah. I, a couple things to say here. One is who's Nkunku's backup? Is it Connor Gallagher? I would if assume you do that? so. Yeah. Okay. Then for the, for the two in front of the back four, obviously one's going to be Ansel. How many players do you need in your squad? to cover those two roles when you're not playing European football. Four. You still need four. We would, so we would suggest four, right? One, one of them could be Casadei or Carney. I don't think there's a problem. He's the fourth in your pecking order, but you need the, the number one. The, so one and two, Enzo and whoever is the second starter, those have to be world-class or close to world-class. The third one, so the first, first sub, if you want, has to be really decent as well. You can't, you can't have another kid, for example, with a lack of experience and everything so like that. So it can't be Casadei or Chukwemeka? I don't think so. Not for me. I think they come later. They come fourth, fifth. So we're maybe. thinking maybe two signings here. Uh, for me, it's Could you see undoubtedly. I had Andre Santos you send on loan somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think that makes sense. You know, the, the Zachary alone, whatever, last season, it worked, it didn't work, he got injured. Yeah. You know, I think he was okay. Some of the yeah, he was okay. I think you can pick up somebody to do that. You're talking about somebody, a veteran, who can sit in front of the back four, come in when needed, maybe late in game, shut things down. Yeah. If you get your A-list guy, yeah. who we think is Moises Caicedo, but it could be somebody yeah, else. Obviously, they tried for Ugarte yeah. um, as well. That means Andre Santos on loan. I think so, yeah. To Strasbourg? I think this is something that Patrick Vieira, and we will come to Vieira in the quick hits, the new Strasbourg manager, but I think it's something that Vieira would like. We know, for example, that Chelsea are negotiating we for Angelo. We Chelsea own a chunk of Strasbourg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Angelo, for example, one of, the, of those promising players, young player in Brazil. And the idea for Chelsea is to get him and then to loan him at Strasbourg, where he will have a season in Ligue 1 with Vieira etc and then see what happens with him which I think the idea very much behind owning Strasbourg as well as Chelsea for, for Bluco is to be able to do that which is what other uh, owners with multi-club ownership are doing because right. it works so well no but it's not a bad idea you know Angelo would not be ready for Chelsea Andre Santos I don't think would be ready for the Premier League in Chelsea however in Ligue 1 I think they would be they would they probably do well and it would be a good experience for them of European football before going to England. Um, so we well to, I would tend to agree with you about the two unless you want Conor Gallagher to be to, to to back up both positions. But but the issue there again you have is you're asking Conor Gallagher to do something else and you're hurting Enzo. I, I think you need to yeah. have two proper defensive yeah. midfield options. 
because I don't want to see Enzo being the guy in front of the back four on his I own agree directing with traffic. I because agree you, with you, you lose so much of yeah, what he can do I agree and, with and what, you. Made him, what makes him so good. Um, which brings us to Moises Caicedo. Yeah. Uh, I think Brighton, the number's been mentioned, it's 100 million. We can yeah, say it seems, it seems mad. It'll be 80. Don't, don't 80, come down from that. 80 will do it. But there's a Levi Colwell factor in here. Levi Colwell's yep. there on loan last season. I think guy's an exceptional prospect. Me too. Um, Brighton want Levi Colwell. Of course. Um, is the obvious thing for Chelsea to do. Definitely not. Um, hang on to Colwell. A hundred percent. Colwell is, I mean, Badjashil is one of mine, so I like Badjashil. You know, Colwell is a better player than Benoit Badjashil. I really believe that. I think he would be... He's a better player right now. Yeah. I think he would be... Better than Wesley, too. At least Wesley is right foot. So if you just look at left foot, the two... I knew, I knew the whole left foot, right foot. No, no, but it would be because if okay. you look on paper, Badjashil and, and Colwell will fight for that right. left centre-back position, right? More than Fofana, more than Thiago Silva, more than right. Chaloba, even. I, I, think it would be, I think it would be a mistake, from Chelsea's point of view, to get rid of Levi Colwell. Even if that means getting Caicedo for less money... Because you can offer 50 plus Colwell for Caicedo instead of, of a whole 80 million, I would I would try to make Caicedo without having to let Colwell go. I think the logical thing to do here, right? What I would do if I were Chelsea is I would loan Colwell if I can I can loan him back to Brighton if you want, give him another year in that environment. I agree with you. I would not let him go um, and see if you can use that to take some pounds off. Yeah, Caicedo yeah, yeah. Thing. I think that would be the best. It would be the best scenario, man. I also think you don't want to be locked into it has to be Caicedo because that's a dangerous one. That's how you end up spending a lot more than you want to spend. Um, so Chelsea didn't have enough money for Ugarte, really. Over, at the time. Overall, at, they the time, time. at the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice, a bit different for Caicedo, but Brighton know how much money, how much money Chelsea got from, from the players that they let go. Would somebody like Palinha make sense? I think so. He wouldn't have to move house. He's just on the road. <laughs> yeah, very good. He can still take the bus to go. No, I, I think that like this is something just more generally in the transfer market. I think once you move beyond the very top A list, like the Mbappe in Holland, people seem to forget that players are fungible. You know, well, there's mm. one other player who can do the job of this player. Maybe not as good, and we love Caicedo because he's so young and the personality, whatever else. But you have to have an alternative. You have to have a plan B and say, you know what? If I can get somebody who's maybe 10% worse than Caicedo, but cost me half as much, and then yeah. I use that money to get a striker, um, then you do that. And, and I think knowing how Stewart, especially, has worked in the past, yeah. I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're not getting fixated on Caicedo. We must have Caicedo at any cost. Because you know, and when Stanley knows, because he was on the other side for yeah, Brighton, true, true. you negotiate with those guys, you get, you get badly burned. Um, up front, if Lukaku goes, as, as we expect, yeah. I mean, can you play the... And, and Alba goes, obviously. Can you play, just go through the season with, with Nico and, and Armando Broja yeah, and, and Peter Raheem Sterling? Yeah, put Fofana there if you want, as in David Dutch for Fofana, the other one, the other Fofana. Fofana. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be really risky, really risky, because Nico Jackson might, might work and Pochettino might mold him into what he wants as a number nine and he might score you between 10 and 15 league goals which is what would be great for a first season but he might also not work out at all he might need more time he's he, very raw he's very raw he's had one season with, in La Liga with Villarreal and he scored six goals be, I think no? 
a little bit more. Yeah, I think right. he had 12. Okay. But but some up and downs, some 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 periods in the season where he disappeared, other periods where he was good. I mean, this is a player that in January was going to go to Bournemouth. Right. In, in, the only reason he didn't go to Bournemouth was because the medical failed. He failed the medical. Otherwise, he would be a Bournemouth player right now. And Chelsea and Bournemouth, even the Chelsea that we've seen last season with no Europe, is not, it's not Bournemouth. Is he ready? For, I think he's more ready for Bournemouth right now than he is for Chelsea. However, Poch can make him, can, can make it work, I'm sure. How long will that take? I don't know. But is it not risky to start the season just with him? And Broja back from a bad injury, Fofana, again, unproven. Yeah, I I, the, the level Fofana played at against Norway, and it's not like, by the way, when he was playing in Norway, he was early in Holland scoring 50 goals, no, right? that's true. Uh, you can see this is another slow burn. Yeah, another it, it showed promises, but yeah. Probably should be going on loan. Hmm. Broja, you know, I, I mean, it's a little hard. Yeah, of course, you love But, you know, uh, it's a serious, serious injury he suffered. Yeah. We have no idea about his fitness. Yeah. Would you be okay with bringing in a loan? I'm paying for it just to get you through the season. But yeah, of, of course you could. The thing is, isn't it delaying the issue? The issue will be back in a year time. Okay, Lukaku goes on loan. You bring, let's say, Vlaovic on loan for the sake of it. Then in a year time, what do you do? Okay, Lukaku has to come back. Vlaovic is going back to Juve. Do we buy Vlaovic now in a year time? Do we sell Lukaku? Why not just trying, if financially you've got enough money, why not trying to sign that big number nine now that Poch would be very happy with, that he can build a team around, that would strike the partnership with Nkunku? And Let's not forget. Okay, you start with Nico. And Nkunku and Nico start like trying to get the bearings together, the understanding together, the movement together. Nico doesn't work. In six months, in January, you go like, okay, that's not working. We need more goals. So now you go and get another striker and Nkunku has to do that all over again. Get the guy now. And it's much better, I think. So the Vlaovic one is interesting. Um, my understanding is that he's been, he was offered by intermediaries to Chelsea. Yeah, rather I remember. Than Chelsea saying, oh, look, we've uncovered that. No, and but I think Vlaovic would represent a departure from what Boley and Igbali have said they want to do, mm. which is, okay, we're ready to spend big transfer fees, but you know, we're going to have long-term contracts and we're going to have much, much lower wages because Vlaovic is already on big wages yeah. at Juve. Juve paid a lot of money for Vlaovic. Vlaovic is coming off a terrible season at Juve. Juve know that. Juve know that in normal circumstances, you expect Vlaovic to, you know, be scoring 20, 20 25, yeah. 30 goals. I mean, you still have the work rate and the, the, the technical ability yeah. and he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. So that's what you work on. But... For me, if Vlaovic is going to cost you 70, 80 million, this is not the time. This is not the time to do it. Maybe I understand that. Maybe. I, mean, I, I, I think you pass on it. All right. Knowing what we know now, and we don't know about Caicedo, we don't know who the, who the yeah. striker is. Um, I'm assuming they can sell these guys and meet financial sustainability requirements. Yeah. What's a fair goal for Deset Pochettino? Is it Europa League? Or is it top four? Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be demanding, has to be top four. This is Chelsea Football Club, which I know on the back of a really bad season with all the changes, with all the drama, with... I get that. It's still Chelsea Football Club. And it's Pochettino. And it's still a... It will potentially be a really good squad. You know, I'm sorry. A squad with... For no, fun. 
No, but it's true. I'm sorry, but if you look at Fofana, Enzo, and Kunku, even Mudrik, at some point Mudrik is going to work out. He can't. I saw him yesterday <laughs> against. No, but it's true. And that was only yes, under 21 euros. Plays no, against the I know. French under 21. I know, but there was a point. There's still talent there. The yeah. talent we might never see at Chelsea, but there's yeah, still no, talent. I, there. I'd say the one thing I would I would say to this. I mean, yeah, obviously there's a pedigree and there's a talent, but if you go down, and, and I think Pochettino has to be smart in how he manages this, mm -hmm. right? This is a really young team, and if the idea is to be good two or three years down the line, as opposed to now, there, there's a trade-off there, and you may trade off development versus results yeah. this season. Yeah, okay. So for I'll me, if, if I were in charge, I would say, Poch, we want to play good football, not just pretty football, but good, effective football. We want these guys to grow. We expect... Okay, Europa but League. this is not Southampton, though. Okay, this no, no, is, this fine. Is I'm not to Southampton, but no, I no, mean, I know, but this is closer to Porsche Spurs than Porsche Southampton. Closer to, but not there yet. No, no, okay, but still. I mean, because you know, we we can go on about these guys and blah blah blah, but you know, when when I look at the at the players that they have, you've got fullbacks who are very good, but who've got who had serious injury problems. Yeah, Thiago Silva, so, uh, Fofana, another you know walking sick note. By the shield, fine. You have a you have a goalkeeper who a lot of people would like to replace, but you're stuck with yeah. him because of the crazy deal that you did before. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a center forward right now. No. You have other young players who could be really good. You've got Nkunku's going to have to adapt to a new league. I, I don't know. I, I I think you don't want to put the pressure on Poch to say you have to finish top. No, four. no, no. Of course. I, for me, what I would be looking for, I'd even be okay with with seventh or eight. We're missing out on Europe if there is progress. And you measure okay. progress not just through results. True, but don't let's not be too sweet either and too accommodating. It's, oh no, no, I'm there's not no be Europe sweet. next season, so it's a one it's a one game a week season. Yeah, one game a week season gives you yeah. a lot of time to work with, a lot of time to prepare. Poch can even bring back his two days. No, no, yeah, I wish he will. Certainly <laughs> yeah. in preseason, I'm just saying like, okay, we don't have to be too demanding, right. but top six has to be the minimum. Top six has to be the minimum. I think that's the goal, but if you don't get there, what I'm more interested in is seeing this team grow and perform. Anyway, we're going to have plenty of time of to talk course. about this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, enough, Chelsea. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Manchester United are expected to confirm the signing of one Mason Mount wow. today. $55 million plus $5 million in bonuses reported. This is a good deal for Manchester United, right? Yeah, I think it's a good deal. I, okay, you might say it's a bit expensive, maybe, but he's 24 years old. He's an England international. He's, I like him a lot. I think he's got great potential. Okay, Chelsea fans might disagree and saying that. They felt he was disappointing, certainly in the last 18 months, let's say. I think he's got huge potential. And I think if you unlock the potential, maybe by starting by playing him in the same position all the time, instead of moving him around all the time, everywhere, which I don't think helped at Chelsea, I think he can do something. But, but time will tell. I just He really wanted the move. I expect him to play on the left of that midfield three with Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes in the 4-3-3 the of Ten Hag, which I think would suit him well. It's a great figure for, for Chelsea to get back for a homegrown player. I don't know I don't know what you think, but for me, certainly right now, 
it's a good deal for everybody. With a year left on his deal, yeah, I I I think it is actually kind of a deal that can help uh, that can help all clubs. Um, I think there's so much negativity around United right now that people yeah. are like Ugh, Mason Mount. But sure. what is a shame is the way the relationship deteriorated yeah, between right. the, between him and the club. That that I think is a shame. Yeah, I agree. But sticking with United, Gabby, and that, that's maybe why the Chelsea, the United fans are maybe not so happy with the amount of the of the Mount transfer. Is that Mark Ogden reports that their summer transfer budget was 120 million pounds, which means they've spent already half of it of Mount, and they're stealing the goalkeeper and the centre-forward at least, and maybe even another midfielder or centre-back. Yeah, so obviously with half the money going there, um, you know, it's 120 million plus whatever they can raise from sales. Yeah, but they haven't sold anyone yet. Well, the problem is they don't have that many saleable assets, right? Well, Harry Maguire is not saleable? Well, no, well, Harry Maguire, <laughs> exactly. So, well, first of all, if you sell Harry Maguire, you have to bring in another another body anyway. Yeah. But secondly, Harry Maguire is on huge wages yeah. uh, and it's difficult, it's difficult to shift. And you're going to take a hit probably on the amortization if, if you sell him anyway, right? Sure. I'm sure they would like to do that. They would love it if Maguire listens to Southgate and says, hey, look, you want to keep playing for England, you got to start playing regularly somewhere at some level. Yeah. But the difficulty thing is he, he's hard to move. They, they might even love to, 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 to shift Sancho, right? Because they... Martial. Well, no, because Martial, there's no, there's no forwards on yeah, this team. At some point, one would come. Come on. Yeah, but they probably need more than one. I mean, this is the tricky thing. This is why they, in the end, they, they tried to get the hair to stay on reduced wages. Um, he's still a free agent. He could still come back on less money. Um, but this is the other issue with, with, you know, they like Onana. They looked at Onana. The reports of a 40 million offer, I think that was something through intermediaries, which, yeah. which was turned down. But um, they, they, they like by, uh, uh, ju uh, Justin uh, Bigelow. Uh, yeah. Bigelow, 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 Bigelow yeah. from, uh, uh, from Feyenoord as well. Um, it's funny how he always goes back to Dutch keepers or keepers who's playing of course, playing Holland. Playing Holland. Um, but again, you need to view that within the context of the striker. Yeah. I think Alanga is somebody they can sell, get a little bit of money back for. Um, I think they can probably sell, look Mac to sell one out of McTominay and Fred. Yeah, definitely. McTominay, I think, would have a market among the types of teams that like that kind of player. No, okay, Although McTominay, so, I suppose, could also do a job at centre-back if you shift Maguire. Maybe you don't need to buy another... Like, they're playing Tetris right now yeah, with this team. But this is the question I've got for you. Okay, let's just think that they need a goalkeeper and a centre-forward, okay? You've got 60 million left. What's your priority? Would you go 50 on a striker no. and 10 on a goalkeeper? Would you go 30-30? Would you go high on the goalkeeper and low on the striker, keeping Martial and knowing that you can play Rashford through the middle? What do you do, though? They must have a priority in mind because if you spend 40 on David Raya, you're left with 20. Who do you get for 20 as a number nine? Well, 20 plus what you get for Alanga. Okay, I, th maybe, I think what they would do then, right, they would get a young player. But look, I know this, this is get, the problem. This is the, the, the team is completely, is, is completely lopsided down the left because Garnacho's left-footed, uh, Rashford uh, plays on the left, uh, Jaden Sancho's there too. Yeah. They have to. They have to find a way to sort this. Can you? Can you loan? Can you swap Sancho for somebody? Maybe. Mm, I, maybe. I. I don't know. I don't think yeah, so. Maybe. Not with those wages, right? Not at. A, not at the top level. That's why they're. They're so stuck. I wouldn't be surprised if, in the end, they end up prioritizing one position or the other. Right. See, with they the best to. possible deal, either we get Onana and then we get a guy on loan, like they did last year. By the way, with all the negativity, last year, Veghorst on loan. They, no, no, you can't say that here. No, no, no. But I'm saying they finished top four, right? Not because of Veghorst. No, but that also tells you that maybe the rest of the team's okay. So, eh, I don't uh, know. 
If Onana does go, Inter have their sights set on two young keepers, Shakhtar's Anatoly Trubin, who I love, yes. and Valencia's Georgi Mamardashvili, owned by, of course, Meriton Holdings. Yes. Uh, who do you like more? I mean, the, the, I guess what Trubin has that Mama doesn't have is the European experience. He's played in Europe already. He's played for Ukraine. He's played... He's younger. He's, he's younger. taller. He's more handsome. So that, that, I'm not sure about the handsomeness, <laughs> but I will go for Trubin personally, but he might also be more expensive. I, I think he definitely would be more expensive. Tottenham have completed the signing of James Madison from Leicester City in a deal worth around £40 million. Gabby, you're a big fan. I am a big fan. I think this is a good price at this stage of his career, obviously following what, what happened with Leicester. I'm really curious to see how all the pieces fit because mm -hmm. he has a lot of attacking players now. Kane, yeah. Son, Kulusevsky sticking around, yeah. Lucas Moura, they're going to try to Richard share. Richard Lisson. So... I don't know. Do, is, well, are we going to see him playing deeper? I don't know. I trust in Ange, and I want to see how he works out. And Manu Solomon, of we're going to get to later. Yeah. Dominic Sabaslai is officially a Liverpool player in a move worth around $60 million. Jules, phenomenal player. We're big fans. Yeah. The way he came back after his injury. But is it a little crowded up front, with, given they already have Darwin Nunez, Mo Salah, Jota, Luis Diaz, Cody Gakpo, and now him? Or does Klopp give us a new look? He's not coming to play in the front three. I don't believe that a second. He's coming to play midfield to do a bit what... Which he Arsenal. hasn't done much. No, no, no. He, let's let's be honest here. And he's, he does have the Gerard tattoo, so maybe he can be Gerard-like? Yeah, even his explanation of the Gerard tattoo, saying that he was not watching much football when he was a kid on television. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> let's see. Number eight, to carry. Uh, he has played... Usually he plays wide. He played wide in a 4-4-2 at Leipzig. For example, he's never really played in a midfield three in the kind of a number eight role. Right. But I'm, I'm all for it. I want to see it. I want to see this new look Liverpool where I, you would expect Trent to play inside, certainly when they have the ball. So you would think that McAllister and Soboslai then will push up in the, to the two half paces. I want to see it. I don't know if he will need a bit of time to adapt. I, don't I, know I am he... really curious because Soboslai is also a guy who can take players on and beat them, which is harder to do from a central position. Very true. So, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm, I'm, interested. I'm very I curious. See. I want to see. It. Yeah, I want to see. Manchester City are on the verge of confirming the signing of Josko Vardiol from RB Leipzig. Gab, I think Leipzig and their sporting director, Max Herbert, were very open about this. I, I, I love it. I love it when clubs are grown up. I thought of I, I wish they could take a lesson from Leipzig. Yeah. Right? And not their PR people who are like, we don't comment on speculation. And then they pick up the phone to the same three people and, and go and brief them and say, say this, say this, even though it's not true because it serves our interests. Like, um, they said, like, yeah. we value him at 100 million. He wants to leave. Hey. <laughs> he wants to go there. Uh, maybe we'll work something out. Hopefully we work something out. Like, are they negotiating? I think the fee will probably Definitely. be over 80 million, uh, a record for a defender. But I, I think it's tremendous. If you look at his tools, yeah. I think as an individual, taken in isolation, I think he's better than any of the guys they have, and that includes Ruben Diaz. Now, will he be better yeah. than them in Pep system straight away? Probably not. No. It may take some time. But I, I am so excited about this, and I think yeah, City fans should be. Me too. Lucas Hernandez to Paris Saint-Germain is about why done, Jules. Why are you laughing for? <laughs> well, they, why? Need, they need another permit injury guy who's made of glass. Well, uh, oh. uh, are you feeling good about this? I've got no feelings. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's the fee? 40... <laughs> Five even, I think. Well, considering Bayern paid 80 million for him or True. whatever. We got a bargain. <laughs> we got a bargain. We got a bargain. Uh, where do I start quickly? The injuries, yeah, that's a worry, of course. The one he picked up at the Euros on that first game against Australia after a few minutes. He hasn't played since, or hardly not. Um, the fact that he was born in Marseille, that 
openly and publicly said before that he's a big Marseille fan, that he wants Marseille, that he actually took the mickey off PSG after beating them in the Champions League final with Bayern. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan. And that was not before. I, I'm even less now that he plays for my club. I don't know. Is he going to be your undersized centre back, or is he going to be like your? I, I don't know. I, I don't I, know. I, I really don't know. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is now a Milan player, Gab, but they're not done. Targets include Yunus Musa from Valencia, Tijani Reinders from AZ Alkmaar. Is that enough to fill Sandro Tonali's big shoes? No, Davide Fratesi probably Fratesi, would be, yes. but uh, of course, there, there's, you know, it looks like they're going head-to-head with Inter to see about, uh, picking him up. Um, yeah. I, I think we're going to see a different Milan. I think we're going to see, you know, not you're not going to have things go through through Tonali the way, the way they did before. He's going to be a big loss. Reinders, from what I've seen playing for Alkmaar, is more of a ball winner. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what you need. It frees up Benesser to do better. Busa... I mean, Valencia is obviously is the Peter Lim inspired yeah. like Guernica horror show. Yeah. So that might be one for the future. Loftus Cheek is different. You can create some mismatches in Serie A if he's motivated. Now there was a time the year that, that they Chelsea won the Open League with Saturday, the last three months of the season. Loftus Cheek was, know, was one of the best midfielders around. Maybe no, I'm not no? sure. Right. I'm not sure at all. Marca reports that Kylian Mbappe is too expensive too for Real expensive. Madrid this summer, and even next summer, yeah. in a future answer, he may well be too expensive. They say he's a prisoner of his money. He'll need to take a big pay cut to fulfill his dream of playing at the Bernabeu. Okay. I think Kylian Mbappe is a very, very smart guy, and so so is his family around him. I think they know that the contract that he has in Paris was signed and was done in a very special environment, a special context, and he doesn't and that he doesn't expect he doesn't expect people to then pay him the same after the contract at PSG. Expired. Really? So you're basically saying he, he would be open but to the possibility of a pay cut or a bonus a structure? Cut. It's not a pay cut per se because Why? because the 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 wages that he has he's on now is completely unrealistic for the world of football. So if right he's going now. to make less money at Real Madrid, that is literally a pay cut. Yeah, but it's not like if he'd been on that money for 10 years and now he decides right. to go for less. This was an okay, exceptional contract. So basically, contract. my main thing is you're reassuring Real Madrid fans. Yeah, of course. And this is man go, games. This is man okay. games, as we know, okay. that they happen all the time. You know exactly where, you know, where this is coming from, <laughs> anyway. Johan Laporta says that Barcelona still owe Messi some money, but they're working things out with La Liga. I mean, wow. I, look, I, here's another opportunity to go and bash Barto. Um, I, I didn't quite get this. Uh, from, he says uh, it's the way it was structured when during COVID, yeah, they, they the spread out the payments, whatever yeah. else. I'm sure it's accounted for. I'm sure La Liga can probably give them a pass for this. I don't think it's a big deal. I do wonder about him talking about Messi all the time. And yeah, he even said, he's like, obsessed. He even repeated again, oh, Messi didn't want to come here because he doesn't want to be in a high-pressure environment. So, you know, he's on the beach in Miami, whatever. Yeah. Sticking with Barca, Laporta also said Xavi understands money is tight. So would Oriol Romeu offer cheap and cheerful Busquets alternative? You've lost me a Busquets alternative. Are we talking for someone who's going to take Busquets' position? Obviously. Yes. In certain so games, no. so no, so no, 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 leave me alone with Oyo Romeo. I like the guy, he did well for Southampton for all those years. He's 31, play for Girona. There's a reason why he's played for Girona now, right? As a squad member, maybe they already have Eric Garcia, so hey, Romeo <laughs> okay. would, would be better, right. but come right. on, not a starter. 
Timo ja John Juventus gab no more flying winger. Well, as I learned from you, he's been playing right back, exactly. left back. Exactly. Uh, he's already come out and says, "Oh, I, I want to play right wing back." <laughs> so you already decided hey. he's going to put you in a three-five-two. This is what you want to hear, though. Seriously, this is—he's obviously a smart guy. He grew he up is, privileged he because is, of who yeah. his dad is. Yeah. He's under no illusions. He knows what he needs to do to fit in. He wants to better himself. You know, initially, Italy like, "Oh, Wales going to replace Di Maria." No, he's not going to replace Di Maria. No. Hopefully, he'll contribute more than Di Maria. Yeah, did. yeah. You and I feel differently about the number of extremely tall central defenders <laughs> Bayern actually need, Jules. What's the latest on Min Jae Kim's uh, joining Bayern from Yeah, this, this will be done, I think, this week. Uh, it's pretty close, now that Lucas Hernandez has left for PSG. What's wrong with having three really good centre-backs? Whether they're tall or small, it doesn't matter as long as they're good, right? Okay. <laughs> like I said last time, this is my thinking, right? Right. With, with, it's, not, it's about, it's about skill set. I'm not saying you can't be tall and be a good yeah. center back, but I think if you have these resources, you're kind of locking yourself into playing a back three, which is fine, although I don't know how it works with the rest of the Bayern team. I don't think Kim Min Jae is there to go and, and be on the bench, and obviously they spend a ton of money. No, on but maybe De Ligt or maybe Upamecano. Well, maybe De Ligt wants to be on the bench. No, yeah, no, but maybe Tuchel said, like, you know what, I need something different, and I would pick the two best out of the three. I need something different, but I get three guys who have the same body they shape. Don't, That's my okay, body shape maybe, but... They have different characteristics. Yes, De Ligt can pass the ball. Yeah. Upamecano, not so much. He tries, he tries. <laughs> he tries. Let's put it that I way. Kim... It's a bit is, of a mix of the two. I came more of a physical center back. True, but he I, played a year with Spalletti, so surely he's improved technically and in his Yeah, surely he's Beckenbauer now. No, look, I three three players you know that I really, really like a lot. Yeah. I just natural look, it's unconventional. I love it when people do uh, to, look Thomas Tuchel is an unconventional man who does unconventional things. Very I true. love that. I don't want a guy who does what everybody else does. I'm curious to see how this works out. Yeah, let's see. Sticking Don't with you. Napoli, they made a 30 million euros offer on his replacement, who is Wolves' Max Kilman. Yeah, that's right. You heard it right. Wolverhampton Wanderers' Max Kilman, which was rejected by Wolves. Are they saying something that we don't? This is really out of the box thinking from Napoli. You're not going to make a joke that they thought they were going to offer the 30 million for Nathan Collins and then they got... He's on his way to Brentford already. I know, I know. So, um, this is a weird one. Um, I, I haven't... I mean, 30 million for Kilman, I think, is a fair offer yeah. um, in terms of what he can contribute. Can he replace Kim? There are some aspects of Kim and Kilman, like the fact that both have names that start with K-I <laughs> and then there's an M that comes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I wouldn't go much higher than this. You know, you tried it. You wanted you want to move? No? Okay, fine. Then let, let, let Uncle George sort you out. Simple yeah. as. Patrick Vieira is back in manager. Vieira. He's taking over at Strasbourg. Uh, We're nearly relegated last season, but right, of course now we're right. part owned by Chelsea. Yeah. Um, are you surprised he's not a bit further up the food chain? Like, put it this way. If Chelsea had invested in Strasbourg, would Patrick Vieira be there? Uh, no. No, no, no. No, definitely not. That's a good question. I think he went there because of the ambition that they've showed in terms of what they want to do with Strasbourg. One of the... The clubs with the biggest fan base in France, historical club, of course. Uh, I think Frank the project Lebeuf's is in old club, most Frank important. Arsene Wenger's old club. That's right. Uh, Gilbert Grès as well. One of the best academies in the country right now. Loads of good, very promising Was young it Gilbert Grès with the really big hair? Yes. He looked like a yeah. mushroom or something. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, but manager of the, the 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 greatest team that they had that won the league in '79, '80. So, so, so yeah, I, I can see what Patrick, who wanted to stay in the Premier League 
or in England, let's put it that way, would have taken a club in the championship, for example, and they still talks with Leeds. Why this became more interesting? Because you also have Chelsea behind you, and we mentioned before, if you can get Andre Santos on loan, if you can get Angelo on loan, you don't know like who else you can get. You know, I think that that job becomes more appealing to you than what we saw from Strasbourg last season, for example, where they were not good from start to finish, change managers halfway through, and just about avoid relegation. I, I really like Patrick Vieira. I have a lot of time for him. I'm surprised others further up the food chain didn't go for him. Me what too. he has now, though, is he's a guy who's introduced into three massive, like high up, and now three massive English clubs in that city, Arsenal, and now through Blue Coat yeah, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Um, which means he's got tremendous networks and, yeah, I, and exactly. I, I'll be really curious to see what happens next yeah me too Felix Demscha is on his way to Borussia Dortmund reportedly Gab it's a 30 million euro fee for the former Manchester City man makes sense to you I think he did a job and a not very good Wolfsburg team um, four goals last season last season loads of injuries but he he grew 30 million sounds like a lot sounds like you're paying potential um, we already have Sebastian Haller up front yeah uh, I don't Ukoko. know yeah, I don't know if you say, well, Mukoko's never going to lead the line for me, but maybe you know, maybe that's the thinking. I don't know. It's it sounds it's like a lot of money. It sounds like a lot of money for what you're buying potential. I think he did show glimpses last year, though, that that he can play, and yeah. the team was just such a zoo. And remember, he had that under 21 euros with Germany. Was he was outstanding when he was on loan at Anderlecht at the time, and we thought, okay, this is it now. And since then, I know there have been some good moments, but I don't know. I'm still a bit undecided over the potential. Speaking of undecided, Monaco have appointed Adi, uh, Adi Hutter, yeah. whose first name is Adolf. Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> Jules, the wheels fell off last season. Can he put them back on? It's a big task. They're changing sporting directors, as we mentioned before. No more Lauren Stewart. Mitch, no more Paul Mitchell no more either. Mitchell. They go in. Philippe Clement did some good things at times, but overall, I don't think had the... The character and the, I think the strength to keep that club working, that dressing room was apparently quite difficult to manage. Adi Hutter, I don't know, we, we thought that going to Gladbach at the time would be good for him. He lasted one season and it was not a good season. We'll see. I, li we'll, I like what we saw from Adi Hutter in the past, but this is a very different environment. And Monaco is not just not an easy club. I don't know, there's always some drama, there's always issues, there's always problems. Now they're going to lose probably Disassi, they're going to lose Fofana, they might lose Ben Yedder. They will have to replace all those players, start a new cycle. I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think it's an easy job. But good, good luck to him. Of and course, he can new, do well. With a new sporting director, um, the two agents who brought them all the talented young players in the past. Now the relationships have, have soured a little bit. So he's still a Red Bull guy, them. so he might still have. You know, you know he's going to get other people. Yeah. I know other pipelines, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's it's a gamble. I mean, he yeah. really pitched himself to try to come to the Premier League. Didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. obviously a good place to, to relaunch yourself yeah. from. Arsene Wenger has proposed changes to the offside rule, Gab, and FIFA would like to try it next season in Italy and in, in Holland. What do you think and, wh and what are the changes? So the changes, and by the way, this explanation was kind of clear in mud, as mud, at least to me, about <laughs> how they are. But uh, essentially, right now, you're offside if any goal-scoring part of your body yeah. is beyond the last... Even defender. from a millimeter. And... What he says is effectively, no, we should kind of reverse it and say if any part, any goal scoring part of your body is onside, and usually given the player's body positions, it's going to be their feet because they're leaning forward, 
than the players on side. Yeah. And, and so that means that guys who play on the shoulder of the last defender would, would you know gain half a yard and that could lead to more goals and so on. I don't know. I think it does give a little advantage to a striker. I think there's still a bunch of hoops to jump through before this actually mm-hmm. gets approved. My concern is if... I mean, this gives an advantage to a certain type of striker, right? The old Thierry Henry, you know, play on the shoulder of the last defender, beat him for pace, through ball or ball over the top. People say, oh, we'll get more goals. Yeah, but you get more crappy goals and more repetitive <laughs> stuff. I, I don't... Personally, I think the rule is fine as it is. What I would like to see, if you're going to tinker with the offside rule and you don't want to have teams play with very high lines to, to, to go and to compress the midfield to take space away, um, then I think the way you do it is you consider maybe you say offside only applies in the final third of the pitch, which was an old yeah. proposal that's been talked about, talked about for a long time. That creates more space. It makes it harder to press. That can make things more exciting. If you feel the need yeah, to think yeah, it. Yeah, if you do. I'd be more interested in something like that than, than this, frankly. Yeah. More managers in Ligue 1. Hey! This one is neither a legendary World Cup winner nor an Austrian named Adolf. <laughs> What's the deal with 34-year-old Francesco Farioli taking over at Sir Jim Ratcliffe's niece? This is serious outside-the-box thinking, Jules. I'm, I assume yeah. you're familiar with this man's background? Yes, I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of Roberto De Zerbi's disciples. He used to be his goalkeeping coach. That's how he started being a very innovative goalkeeping coach. And then clearly had a lot of ability to just coach not just the goalkeepers, but the whole team. He was a number two. Uh, and then never played professional football. He's 34. He's, he's like old, as you mentioned. What was the guy's name that I've already forgotten? Uh, Ruben Sellis. He's a bit like Ruben that. Ruben Sellis, right? yeah, exactly. Um, although he got his start at Fatih Karagumruk. Yeah, he in, went to uh, Turkey as a number one. And then at Alanya Spor, where he'd been there before as a yes, goalkeeping guy. that's right. So if you look at... He must interview really, really well. So well he was said. very impressive, apparently. Florent Gislofi, the, uh, the Nice sporting director, very impressed. Speaks English, speaks Italian, speaks um, a bit of Spanish, apparently. We learn French very quickly. He's clearly very good with languages. Let's pretend he speaks Turkish, too. So having, having watched now and some of the stuff that he did in Turkey with very, very average players in terms of building up play, starting from the back, the movements, attracting the opposition, a bit like what the Zerbi does and, and has been doing for many, many years now, you could see, you could see the, uh, the attraction for him. It's still a big gamble, I get that, because there's hardly no experience there, and then going f- in one of the big five leagues is big. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. They went for Favre before, who is the complete opposite in terms of experience, age, personality, anything you want. That didn't work out at all. They've got a lot of young players who I think are ready and hungry to learn and to listen. So go for it. So this is kind of the Italian version of Will Still or yeah, Julian exactly. Nagelsmann, right? Exactly. These guys never played exactly. football, super young, get exactly. thrown into the hot seat. Exactly. Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah, good luck to him. I want to see it. Atletico Madrid are on the verge of picking up Javi Galan for the left flank from Celta Vigo. Are you, do you like this one? Uh, not a lot of money. Yeah, humble, hardworking. Yeah, yeah, humble, hardworking player. I, I think they want an alternative in that role. I don't know that he... I don't know how much they actually need one, yeah. um, to be honest. Um, but hey, what El Cholo wants, El Cholo gets, and they're yeah. not chucking money around. I mean, yeah. well, I'm still more interested to do, what the heck are they going to do with your boy Joao Felix? That's what I'm more interested yeah, in doing. that's true. Manor Solomon is on his way to Tottenham Woo! Hotspur. Jules, we were so excited by him at Shakhtar. I didn't have much of an impact at Fulham on loan uh, last season. 
He's 23 years old. He has an upside. I think his contract was due to expire in December. In the end, they let him go on a free. Yeah, you know that FIFA rule, yeah. It's more talent, by the way. I mean, this is, I, I, I'm sure we're going to get emails from uh, uh, Shakhtar President uh, Palkin, Palkin and his PR guy talking about how they, you know, <laughs> they're, they're stealing players from his club. Yes. Which to some yeah, they're not they happy. Are. Yeah, they're not happy. But where does he fit? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, he had a couple of, uh, he had a good month at Fulham. You remember he scored, I think, three goals in the Premier League back-to-back -back almost. He loved those curlers from the left-hand side with his right foot in the top corner, that kind of stuff. Um, he's 23. I think there's, there's something there. We saw that with Shakhtar. Remember, he played in the Champions League as well, so he's got a bit of experience. But if you... We mentioned them before. Richarlison, Madison, Kane, Son, Na, Solomon, Kuluzewski. Um, I mean, it's good for a lot for, of bodies. So look, it's good for Postecoglou. We have loads of options, but even on a free, I'm not really sure if you need Solomon right now. Solomon right now, Mano Solomon right now. But you know what? The 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 fact that I love the most about Mano Solomon, you know, he's got an Israeli passport and he's got another passport. You know that. What's the other one? Portuguese. Like he did, he used the same trick. Let's put it that way. Then Roman Abramovich. Abram <laughs> yeah. So so. No, this this was basically for uh, it's it's kind of like reparations for for for, for your, during the, the yeah diaspora. Jews a very long time ago in the 13th century or 14th century. If you could right. proven that you had some some sort of Portuguese blood, yeah, Portuguese blood from the 14th century when the Jews were expelled from Portugal, like they were from Spain, by the way. Okay, so then you get then you get <laughs> you get European passport. Hey, that's great. Robert Abramovich used this, and I wonder how many people did he, how many genealogists did he get to trace his bloodlines back to Portugal? So I was told century. you just need a letter from the Jewish Community Center in in either Lisbon or Porto, but the Porto one seems to be quite loose right. to write those letters. Uh, and if you compare to the Lisbon office, the Porto one has had like a thousand passports <laughs> agreed to just a far more uh, rigid process in Lisbon or something like that. It's, a, it's an amazing story, really. That's and, awesome. you know, there's nothing illegal, I'm not saying in, no, to no. The, the Solomon Portuguese, Portuguese passport. Or the Abramovich one. Or the Abramovich, of course. It's just that now, Manuel Solomon is obviously an EU player for for whoever he signs and not an outside of EU player. Which post-Brexit makes no difference whatsoever. No, for England, but still. still, you know what I mean. <laughs> I left it late. Uh, sorry, Atletico Madrid, we go back to the old club crest sticking with them after a vote by the fans. Gab, I know you love talking about this kind of stuff. I think this is so stupid. Um, so the, the Atletico Club crest... Uh, has the red and it's got, it's got the seven stars about it. Yeah. It's got the red and white stripes, as you imagine. And yeah. then up in the corner, there's a bear who's a symbol of a small red. bear. Yeah, small yeah. Bear, you know, not very original. I mean, Moscow, I think, is also a bear yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then there's like a little tree with oranges on it or whatever. Uh, so I think seven or eight years ago, they decided to change it to make it a more stylized bear. Now they're going back to the old bear, which they had for like 90 years. Look, the fans got to vote on it. You can put whatever you want on there. You know, you can put Smokey Bear on there. For <laughs> um, it doesn't change things substantially. I'm not sure why we're talking about it, but it I don't know. Yeah. Fans. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very happy. Listen to the fans. Yeah. I left it late because you want to hurt your feelings, but yeah, I have you to don't have to. Tools. No, you don't have to. France were knocked out of the European Championships by European Under-21 Championships by Ukraine, yeah. who will now face Spain in the semi-final, with Israel taking on England in the other semi-final. Mighty England, by the way, with Lee Carsley, who they haven't conceded yeah. a single goal in no, the tournament. No, Julian Lescott as his assistant as well. Well done to them. Who you got? I've got England. I, th I mean, Spain are really good and they've played well, although in the quarterfinals it was not, maybe not as convincing. Uh, England have an amazing squad on paper and they've 
they've done well again that second half against Portugal was maybe not as good as what they've done maybe before but those two will have to be the, the favourite for France I mean the squad was an incredibly talented squad it's just a shame that the manager and it's not just on the manager but Sylvain Ripoll is a dreadful coach he's a terrible manager well, did he tell the I don't even to... want to say his name anymore Sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you going to blame the manager? France went go one 0 up. Ryan Ryan Cherky, who's, who's really should be well, playing Gregor, Italy, of course. Gregor, ah, great away. He doesn't play for teams who get knocked out in the group stages. <laughs> uh, maybe if he played for Italy, maybe Italy would have advanced. Um, but but then the penalty afterwards on Mudrik. Yeah, it's your friend Kalulu. I mean, uh, to be fair, you know I'm what not, he's going to do. Like, I'm not even do? sure how much of a pen it was. I have to be honest here. But yeah, there was contact. No. Yeah, and then Mudrik with a great assist, but that run not picked up. I mean, it was dreadful from France. Dreadful from the man. I never want to see that head coach ever again. I don't want him to take them to the to the Olympics next year. I don't want him to be ever involved in French football ever again. He's, he's dreadful. Watch, wait until Ronald Koeman replaces him. But uh, by the way, um, so who are we predicting? You got you 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 got England over Spain. Sorry, you got England over uh, over Israel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think England Spain would be the final, which is a bit of a dream final. To be fair, both teams have a lot of players who are starters in their in their clubs in La Liga and the Premier League. So Sergei Palkin's going to be upset about that too. That yeah, you won against Ukraine. Ukraine were really good collectively, and, right. and Mudrik didn't play before because of a, of a small injury. Now he played. He did, he did what he had to do, really. Bondarenko played really well. So Trubin played really well. So they've got really good players. I just think that England and Spain right now are better. But Israel, this Israeli generation who did well in the Under-20 World Cup, yep. in the last Euros as well, are, are really good. So, let you know, Oscar Glow and all the others, not, don't. it's not... Not, it's not a fluke. Yeah, exactly. I'm not taking them for granted that Spain and England will go through, but they have to be favourite right now. Gigi Buffon, 45 years old. 45 years young. Read years the old. He's years old. Come on, please. Retire, mate. Now it's time to retire. Could be the latest player going to Saudi Arabia, Gab. Is it because he was too disappointed not to get promoted with Parma last season? No, I, I, I think Gigi Buffon has shown, having won everything, you know, from, from the World Cup to the Champions League, whatever... He wants to go and try to bring football to football backwaters, cultures that, uh, you know, haven't had big time football, which oh is probably why he signed for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh -huh. And after having done that, he wants to go and... and, and uh -huh. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. They put a lot of money on his plate. Um, Please retire he, now. Why? He Please was retire. all right last season. He wasn't terrible. He didn't no, keep going. On. I mean, $25 million? You, you consider it, right? <laughs> he's got enough money, come on. You're just annoyed because he's older than you. If Saudi he's offered older. you... I Sa go now, I go now. There you go. Yeah, there I go you now. Go. Christophe Gaultier has now been officially charged for yeah. comments he made while at Nice. Jules, where is this going? He's going to court to start with in December. December 15th, I think, is the date that um, the Nice tribunal has, has set. I think he's, an, he's in trouble, big time. Let's just remind people quickly that when he was the Nice manager, uh, he's accused by the, the sporting director at the time of Nice, Julien Fournier, to use words like, there are too many black players in our team, there are too many Muslim players in our team, this is not good, people of Nice are not happy with this, I'm not happy with this, we need more white players in there. Uh, his son, John Valovic Galtier, his ad adoptive son, who's also his agent, uh, said the same thing. So he's also in trouble. And Julien Fournier put all of that in writing in an email to Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos, who owns Nice. And after a long investigation, the police have interviewed a lot of people from Fournier to Galtier to John Valovic to Dev Brailsford to Jim Ratcliffe himself to a lot of the players, DJ Digard, the former Nice manager. And they decided that they had enough to charge John Valovic Galtier and Christophe Galtier. So, charge him based on what? 
discriminatory comments. I think there's another uh, racial abuse, maybe so something like that. A couple of things. I'm not super clear on this, and I am not a lawyer. And you know my views on lawyers. Yeah. But um, so Fournier, who's accusing him, he's got the fact. He's got evidence that at the time he sent an email to a superior yeah. club and say like guys deal with it yeah are they in trouble for are the police satisfied with the way they dealt with it it's i or, mean like, like like i guess what i'm driving at could could ratcliffe and nice i don't face? think so okay um the other thing is he can put this in an email does he have concrete evidence if the other people or is it just a he said she said balance of probabilities type thing so it is on this on this email matter if you want the problem is i think in the interviews of the players the nice players that Galtier was the coach last season, I mean, the season before the one that just finished. There was a lot of tension there. I wouldn't be surprised. We don't know yet. We haven't had access yet to all the investigation. But if some players who, for example, during Ramadan were not happy by some of Galtier's comments on the players who were observing Ramadan, observing Ramadan uh, Jean-Claire Todibo, for example, who at some point like clashed with Galtier over some things that Galtier apparently said about players during the Ramadan. So I wouldn't be surprised if more than just the email, there was also players testifying against Galtier for what he said during Ramadan or against Muslim players. I, I'm assuming you would need that other eyewitness. Yeah, 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 I think so too. Remember Raymond Dennis, Gabi, he's 41 years old, or years young if you want to put it that way, and he will now get to see him play European football again next season. Ah, uh, this is just in there because uh, I love the guy's email, the, the, the guy's nickname, El Tanque. El Tanque. Herman Dennis. Yes, Herman he signed Dennis. for for La Fiorita, who are from San Marino. They'll be playing in uh, the Europa Conference League next season. Oh which my God, I, that's I, amazing. I, I think we should go out there. I think we should go to San Marino, yeah. do the show from there. Yeah. And, you know, although, of course, they're probably playing in the preliminary round, which is probably tomorrow. Yeah, right, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Mail reporting that the 2026 World Cup final, which many predicted would be played in Dallas, might now be moved to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Right. Uh, AKA Giant Stadium. Giant Stadium. Timers call it. Yeah. Because of the Texas heat. Now, I don't fully understand this given that the AT&T Stadium is a dome and presumably air conditioned. Now, are they yes. just concerned about fans exactly, outside? Exactly. Exactly. They're thinking about people of this world. Game. Everybody takes public transportation and walks to the game. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, US stadiums have is huge car parks, which we don't have in Europe, for example. I, I don't know about the one in Dallas. I'm. Is it something to do with the times, maybe, or the time difference between Dallas no, and New Jersey? Not even. I, I really, I'm trying to think of why would you change it if you had your set, your eyes set on Dallas. Yeah, I, I also want to say something. I, I don't think they will change it. I think Dallas makes a ton of sense because it's much as I hate saying this because of my thoughts on the Cowboys and Jerry. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But Dallas is in the middle of the country. It is. Secondly, MetLife Stadium or Giant Stadium is an absolute pain in the butt. I think. To, I, get, to I, get to I, you I think, mean. yes. Yeah. I think there's a lot of FIFA people, like FIFA executives and stuff, who are like, oh, no, Dallas, all right. I like barbecue, but no, surely New York is more glamorous and more fitting. I want yeah. New York or L.A. Well, you know what? Like, Giant Stadium is not in New York. It's no. in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's, yeah. it's exit 16W or something like that of the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> it's not there. It is a pain to get there. You get traffic. You have to get there way early and whatever else. Dallas Stadium makes so much more sense, yeah. and and I think they're going to stick with that. Is it going to be really hot? Yeah, but guess what? It can get really hot in New Jersey as well true. in the summer. True, I think that's very true. people who live there know how to take precautions. The stadium is air conditioned. I, I I think you're fine once you're inside. Yeah. 
More Barca guy Prime, the drinks, is now the official hydroponic drink of Barcelona. KSI and Logan Paul must be delighted. What does hydroponic mean? You get... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's very refreshing. Yeah. Um, I discovered, when I, when I saw this, I thought, oh, interesting. And then I saw, and I realized that Prime are already the official hydroponic drink of Arsenal. That's it? That's and right. I had no idea. And really? I live in London. It says Prime everywhere at the Emirates, even when I you watch never on television. Noticed. I never noticed. I guess I am immune to this kind of advertising. Yeah, I, people are supposed to make fun of Prime and KSI, Logan Paul, influencers. I actually had some recently when I, was, when I went walking in the Lake District. And yeah. It's not bad. I feel refreshed. See, there's different tastes. There's, you know. It's just... <laughs> but I, again, you got to see the, we'll see the numbers on this. I'm always yeah. curious. Uh, my sense is that KSI and Logan Paul get a lot of attention when they first do this. I yeah. don't know that this moves the needle at all, and Catalans are suddenly going to, you know, go picking up those prime bottles. I thought it was only going to be till the end of the season, but no, Roy Hodgson enjoyed hey. his time at Palace so much. They enjoyed him so much that, guess what? He's back for another year, 75 really? years young. Another one. Uh, I don't... I don't I'm, don't know what to say. I'm, this is not what I would have done. I'm not. I don't really understand what Crystal Palace are doing right now. Why don't you go and get someone who can start a new cycle building? This is not a new cycle. This is an old cycle that you're recycling, that you've recycled before, that you're going to recycle again. I'm not saying that Patrick Vieira had all the answers. You sacked Patrick Vieira after he had terrible. 10 or 12 games in a row, but playing against Arsenal, City, Manchester United, Newcastle, all the... And then Roy did well. He did really well when he came in. I think he got 19 points out of 24, something like that. I can't remember. Against teams, all teams from the second half of the table at a time where they had nothing to play for, pretty much. So, okay. I'm just... I don't know how you move your club forward no. by appointing Roy again. I love Roy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, this, but this is, this I think is... Crystal Palace fans deserve better than that. Look, he... This is not a knock on Roy Hodgson, and you can say he got those points against the guys who were near the bottom of the table. I don't care if he got those points against Manchester City, Real Madrid, and Guardians of the Galaxy. That makes no difference, right, yeah. to me. It's a fact that it's a one-year deal, and he's 75 years old. Surely teams want to progress, want to go forward with a plan. I agree. Roy Hodgson isn't going to have a plan, not because he's bad or he's a bad person who doesn't plan long term, but because when you're 75 years old and you have a one-year contract, just as important, yeah. you're not going to be planning long term. Yeah. So if you want to come in to save you, rescue the club like you did last season, if you thought it was necessary, fine. But in these circumstances, no, it makes zero sense to me. I agree. It's now official. Sandro Tonali is a Newcastle player. Gabi, what do you make of it? I can't wait for all those articles talking about, like, is he the new Pirlo? Is he not ah. the new Pirlo? Whatever. Um, look, I, I think he's a good signing. I think he's, he's a great compliment um, for what they have in midfield, with especially with, 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 with Bruno, Bruno Guimaraes. I think you can do a lot of interesting things. Um, it's big for Milan because... It means that they have a lot of money coming yeah, in. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, by the way, why Chelsea were hanging, you know, holding out for 25 million because yeah. they're like, oh, you're getting the Tonali money, not realizing that Milan need to sign several players with that money. Um, I'm excited to see him work. Me too, uh, a lot. What I would caution against is that, you know, he's going to be tired because obviously he did the Euro 21s. Yeah, but he's going to have holidays now, right? They're not going to ask him to turn up at training tomorrow. No, I think it's still going to be, it's still going to be an adjustment, but um, I am really, really excited. I feel that, I feel frankly that this is, this might be, and I'm 
might be forgetting somebody and I apologize. I think this might be the first Italian international who has gone you know, to a big club abroad in a big league kind of at the peak of his career. Um, again, I, I don't know if I'm yeah, forgetting yeah, yeah. somebody. No, I see what you mean. Maybe Di Matteo a million years ago. No, but Cannavaro to Real Madrid? Well, he's not a midfielder. Oh, um, so you said midfielder, so I thought you meant you know, Italian player. Maybe, uh, you know, Verratti went when he was very young to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, from Serbia. He's basically Spanish now, plus he's Abruzzese, nobody can understand him when he talks. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I find this really... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I find this really intriguing. But was if he, he was forced, he would not have moved, right? Had Milan not said, "Listen, we need some money, we need to sell you." He's a Milan fan, right? Yeah, he would no, not have. I, he would ideally, he would not have moved. He's from down the road in Brescia. I think ideally, Milan would not have sold him if, look, if Charles de Ketelaar had I'd worked out and he'd been an 80 million player and and uh and newcastle had come knocking and dan ashworth says well we like the kettler and they like we like tonali you know Milan would have said here take the kettler you know i think that's the yeah, reality yeah, of yeah. it but you know i've been very honest about this they are running a business they sign guys they, they you know it's not like he they paid i think it was 40 million for him yeah. three years ago yeah, yeah. so you know when he was amazing 20 profit. years old so yeah, yeah. like you know that it's a profit but it also shows you we knew he was good and this is this is the reality of where Milan are right now um, in terms of, of how they want to run the club. Cesc Fabregas has retired from football. Jules, help me put the great man in context. One of the greatest passers of the game. Gabi, the, one of the most creative players as well. Uh, incredible football IQ, intelligence. I mean, I think Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans, Barcelona fans will have great memories. There were moments where they might have been a bit frustrated by his temperament and the character and the way he wanted to leave Arsenal, for example, or whatever. But I just think that if you just stick to the football and him on the pitch, it was a joy to watch. I remember him breaking through the Arsenal team at 15, 16. It was an incredible prodigy, really was. Not, not that you see many often. And then he had the career, OK, maybe not winning the Champions League. That's the only thing really missing out. But apart from that, just everything plus all the highlight reel, the passes, the, the goals, some of the, some of the ones he scored. Just a, and a great, great guy. For me, who knew him well from a very young age, I have to say I only have love for him I, and respect. I, there's two things, sort of non-football-wise, that stand out for me. One is a story, which I think has been told many times, about how you know, the rules in European football say that you can only move when you're, when you're 16 years old. Um, and that you know you can't sign a professional contract though until that age and this is how less so today because there's more of a gentleman's agreement but back then clubs had no compunction about going in and you know offered yeah, money taking definitely. players he was so young and i think the guy who looked after him uh at barcelona where, where obviously he came through the ranks at, at la masia i think he was fired or let go he left a note saying you know try explaining why we let the we let this guy get away, yeah. you know, which is a tremendous thing. Other thing I remember, I remember going for for lunch with him. He must have been maybe nineteen years old, something like that. You know, he's already uh, an Arsenal first teamer, and he took us back to the digs that he lived in when when he you know yeah. the family he lived with when he was, when he was sixteen years old, and he talked about how weird it was that people called him Fabregas. Uh, he said the, one of the early games, pe uh, people started singing his name. And he's like, was like, what is it? Was it, is my dad here? Like, I, I, I just love the, the fact he was he was mature, but he was funny yeah. beyond his years. Um, a, a, a great player, and good luck to him now. Yeah. Como? Yeah, as a How coach, about that? He, miracle by the lake. He's one of those that will always going to become a coach, and even now it's only the beginning. But you wouldn't be surprised if he became a really, really good coach. It wouldn't be a World Cup without a row over armbands, of course. Gabi FIFA won't allow the one love armband. 
at the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Apparently, we are allowed armbands designed by them featuring a Pan-African and pansexual inspired design. I'm not even sure I even understood the question. This whole thing is so stupid, and I know people have a professional obligation to bash FIFA at every time. I don't think FIFA are helping themselves with this one. I also think we need to be a little bit realistic. So the One Love armbands, which, yeah. you know, if you read about it, it's not quite a rainbow design, but has some rainbow colors to support LGBT. That was designed for the Qatar World Cup, but there's a different sensitivity. Mm. We know what happened, FIFA said no, whatever. And then FIFA decided we'll make our own armbands with these messages of unity, especially considering that in the women's game, there are many, many more players who, who identify as, as members of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, so they've come out with another one which is also pro-LGBTQ. I mean, when you start talking pansexual designs, whatever that means, <laughs> I'm assuming that it's supportive of yes. these communities in, in general. I don't know why we're arguing about this. What I will say is if you're going to make a protest, and this applies to everybody, make a freaking protest and face the consequences. Like uh, um, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos in 1968 yeah. Mexico City. Face it. In the same way... Those European FAs and Norway, who wasn't even at the World Cup, but decided to jump on the bandwagon and said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna wear the armbands." And then at the end, the minute they might have to face consequences, say, "No, they're not." The, you know, the minute they go poo their pants over this. Yeah. Um, I hope if women feel that if we're if there are women at this World Cup who feel that this is not enough, they want to make more, they're willing to make a protest. I will totally face. I will totally support anybody who makes yeah, a protest yeah, if it's nonviolent and whatever, not dangerous. If they're willing to face the consequences mm. but to want to rubber stamp a, po a protest ahead of time that makes no sense that, that's yeah. not what it is about yeah at least not to me yeah so anyway jules this brings us to an end but we got to come back we got to uh, we're going to be back later this week for the final Gap final Eagles one of the 2022-23 season well, until then love the game love your neighbor love yourself <laughs>